0: Michelle von Emster was a 25-year-old girl, and the world was her oyster. She beat cancer and lived a free-spirited and fun life. Her life would sadly be cut short in April 1994, and the big question that is left is honestly ridiculous on its face. Was Michelle von Emster murdered, or was this merely a gruesome shark attack? We are your hosts, Helen Allen and Sherry Ferreira. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. On the morning of April 15th, 1994, on the shores of what is referred to as South Garbage (laughs) in San Diego, um, a surfer notices seagulls just, like, perched on the ocean. Like, just seagulls walking on water and pecking around. So he calls out to another surfer who's actually closer to this and is just like, hey, like, look at that. What is that? And as he gets closer, the seagulls scatter off and just like fly off and to his dismay he notices a woman's lifeless body floating along the shoreline
1: at the time when this body was reported to authorities they hadn't had any missing cases that fit the description so she became known as a Jane Doe Mm -hmm. and made it onto the local news in hopes that someone would like someone who knows her would come forward she was found almost entirely nude, except for a brass bracelet and a few rings. She also had a butterfly tattoo.
0: Luckily, Denise Knox, who owned Cabrillo Stationery and Office Supply on Newport Avenue, saw the news and she just kind of knew immediately. Like, she, I mean, she had an employee who fit the description and who also didn't show up for her scheduled shifts Friday or Saturday. She literally said like her husband and her just like they looked at each other and they just knew. So she immediately called the police and they routed her call through to the office of the medical
1: examiner. At this point, the ME has gotten like so many false alarms. So he was really pressing Denise for any personal details about the girl. Denise was able to come up with the fact that the girl in question would have unshaven underarms and legs. And the ME asked her to come in to officially ID the body. Her name was Michelle Von Emster, and she grew up in San Carlos, California on the San Francisco Peninsula, and she had four sisters. She she graduated from an all-girl high school in 1986, and she did a couple of years at St. Mary's College, but unfortunately got cancer and had to halt her education. Thankfully, though, after two years and a move, Michelle won the battle against leukemia.
0: Michelle actually moved around quite a bit, but essentially always found herself moving closer and closer to the beach. Eventually, she found a spot in an Ocean Beach neighborhood. Although this neighborhood, like, wasn't really the safest and it was known as the war zone. It was, like, known for drugs, mayhem, and for being cheap to rent. But, like, she just made the most out of her life there and she was able to find a job at Denise's office supply store in the center of the area so she could support herself and live the
1: life that she always wanted to live by the ocean. The office supply store that Denise owned became just like flooded by calls and visits from reporters. Basically, they thought things didn't add up and they wanted to get investigators to look into it a little more. The official verdict calls the death accidental and that she drowned in the aftermath of a great white shark attack. According to medical examiner Brian
0: Blackburn, Michelle sustained large tearing type wounds with missing tissue. Her body was missing almost all of the right leg basically from the thigh down this is gruesome but i promise these details matter you sure (laughs) (laughs) i know like i i hate talking about stuff like this if i'm not like there's a reason yeah um but yeah no they matter um he believed that michelle had not been in the water a long time that's obviously like very vague but she was last seen at 8 p.m and then she was said to have gotten into the water around midnight her neck was also broken, quote, as if she'd been in a car wreck, unquote. She had broken ribs, scrapes, bruises, and contusions. Also, a large amount of sand was found in her mouth, throat,
1: lungs, and stomach. This guy, Brian Blackburn, did a few sketchy things. <laughs> so first of all, he has never actually seen a death by shark attack. So my initial thought is, why is he in charge? Like, who, who did this? Yeah, who is he? And then on top of that, experts at Scripps Institute, where Brian Blackburn worked, say that they never actually saw the body and they just heard it uh, like from him. So word by mouth, they were like, okay, I completely trust you. So a lot seems to be riding on this guy's speculation. And to be clear, Brian Blackburn thinks that Michelle got attacked by a shark, broke her neck at the bottom of the ocean, and swallowed sand during this all- then blood out
0: right so the whole idea here is that a shark literally took her by the leg and rammed her into the bottom of the ocean making her break her neck and inhale a ton of sand and listen like i know i know nothing about sharks (laughs) i don't watch shark week i don't frequent the ocean and i literally don't know anything about them except for the fact that they're attracted to blood because i remember like growing up And my siblings would scare me so bad being like, oh, my God, your hangnail is going to attract a shark. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. I'm triggered. But one of my best friends is literally obsessed with sharks. But my point is, don't come for me. I am just delivering the news the way I read it. (laughs) Just doing it justice. Right. Ralph Collier, founder of the Shark Research Committee also the author of Shark Attacks of the 20th Century from the Pacific Coast of North America, spoke with Brian Blackburn in April 1994. He's kind of got, like, a lot of credibility to back him up. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, he's, like, he specializes in the behavior of um, great white sharks. So I feel like this guy knows what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he said that when a white shark bites off part of a limb... The break is clean, like, almost like if you put it on a table saw. What remained of Michelle's femur was anything but. It looked like what happened, so he says, um, when you get a piece of bamboo and whittle it down to the point with a knife. Like, the bone came to a literal point. This type of injury is caused when a bone is, like, twisted under a great deal of force, and, like, on, like, that's just not really what it seems like here. On top of this, he just says that this isn't the behavior of a white shark. And in order for sand to have gotten into her lungs, he says that she would have had to have been alive at that point, which would have been impossible if a white shark had indeed bitten off her leg.
1: On top of that, they knew that the sand had entered her body after the attack, which doesn't necessarily add up because the damage would have severed her femoral artery and she would have bled to death very quickly but for her to have sand in her stomach she had to take like a big gulping breath as she made contact with the sand there are just so many things in this case that are not consistent with great white shark behavior (laughs) yet that is the official verdict on this case i don't get it
0: (laughs) I love that we're saying, like, great white shark behavior. Yeah,
1: like, we're experts on the <laughs> subject, like, sure.
0: Literally went, read a few articles and we're like, it's not great white yeah. shark behavior. <laughs> not and a great white. I know a great white wouldn't do that, yeah. so you're wrong. <laughs> um, furthermore... Richard Rosenblatt, who is the chairman at Scripps Institute at the time, which is where the original medical examiner report came from, he wasn't even on board with the verdict. He literally said, quote, if a shark had taken the leg, it could have only been a great white. And like we said, it is clear based on multiple expert testimony that this is not in line with great white behavior. <laughs>
1: About 2.5 miles away from her body, spotted in the sand on the base of the seawall, Michelle's purse is found, and inside are her keys, driver's license, makeup, pay stub, and a fanny pack containing $27 in cash, which brings up the point that it's extremely unlikely in this neighborhood that is so trafficked by surfers and partiers that her purse would be left unchut untouched, and nothing would have been taken from it. It's starting to feel like the shark attack story is just a little too convenient or easy for them.
0: Right. Like, um, if a shark did this, where are her clothes?
1: Exactly. She was
0: said to have been wearing this green trench coat at, like, that night when she was seen. And, like, I'm not sure what else exactly, but, like wouldn't there have been evidence of it somewhere like i don't know That's what else what she i'm was thinking wearing, but like at least that trench coat i mean a trench coat isn't like the type of clothing that just like floats off your body when you get into the water like it was probably buttoned up or tied and her arms were in it so like i just don't see that floating off into the ocean like unaccounted for neither
1: do i and on
0: top of that like the bites all over her body made experts believe that she went into the water naked
1: so i feel like the theory that resonates best with me, at least, is that something happened to her, and then she was put in the water to later be scavenged by sharks. Mm -hmm. The experts literally say that the bites on her body are consistent with great whites, but that they are likely not culpable of the death itself. Some people think that
0: maybe Michelle died by falling off the cliffs. Like, this area that she was in is very well known for being, like, beautiful area with cliffs, and people have died before from falling off these cliffs. Okay. Which... Okay, her neck injuries could totally be consistent with that. But she fell off the cliffs and then her leg fell off too and well, like yeah, then it that was doesn't sharpened to a point. Yeah, it doesn't add up. I just feel like yes, maybe the cliffs are a possibility here, but I feel like there is definitely something else in the equation, like another person who potentially pushed her or drugs. Like but the medical examiner never even notes anything about drugs in her system. <sighs>
1: Or, or whether or not they are there at all, you know? Yeah. I mean, also the idea of her going out there and accidentally drowning seems a little bit like too far-fetched yeah. because it was 57 degrees that night and the water was only 59 degrees. Like a 25-year-old girl naked by herself at this part of the beach just seems a little bit off to me. Mm-hmm. I don't discount that this could have happened, but I don't feel like if it did happen that she was alone.
0: No, I totally agree. Um, this guy, Edwin Decker, had a lot to say about this. Who's this? I'm going to read directly from the article we found um, from the San Diego Reader, because if I don't, I feel like I'm just going to insert my opinion on this guy way too much, and I want to give the full <laughs> vibe of him before I do that. Gotcha. Quote, I first met her at Rumors, a coffee shop where she worked at the time, probably around February 1994, he says. The coffee shop was owned by Bill Winston, who also owned Winston's, the bar I worked in. The two buildings were connected, so the back door of Winston's was on the back door of Rumors. I would often go into Rumors through that door and get a coffee before my shift. I was instantly attracted to her. Okay, dude. I know. <laughs> Calm down. He remembers a pretty woman who dressed in jeans and girly tops and who sp- who smelled of patchouli oil. I don't know. I'm reading this right now, so I'm like, <laughs> what? Um, okay, so she is a pretty woman who dressed in jeans and girly tops and she smelled of patchouli oil. Um, He says that she had a hippie vibe. Quote, aside from her beauty, which was soft and warm and wholly feminine, she was intelligent. Unquote. Also, he says that she told him that she liked to surf naked. You know that meme that's like, sure, Jam. Oh, of course. (laughs) I mean, that's instantly my reaction here. Like, Edwin just gives me huge murderer inserting himself into the investigation vibes. So, like, I'm not really buying the fact that she so conveniently told him that she likes to surf naked before she was found dead and naked at the ocean. Yeah,
1: it's it's sketchy for sure, and I completely agree.
0: Plus, a surfboard was never talked about or recovered. And again, like, it was under 60 degrees. So, like, she wasn't just, like, chilling. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, He also wrote this, like, really creepy poem about her that I just feel like in itself gives me
1: murder vibes, but what do I know? I mean, he actually even went as far as to ask authorities to re-look at the case in 2008, which makes a lot of people feel like it negates him of guilt, and I feel the opposite, though, because... Like, I think if he is the type of murderer to insert himself in the case, then he would, like, be feeding on the police being on his tail.
0: Absolutely. He's
1: also the person who submitted her photo to Wikipedia. (gasps) And he might be a murderer, or he might just be a creep. We don't Mm -hmm. know. However creepy Edwin Decker is, we should note this. A lifeguard who wanted to remain anonymous said, I saw Michelle von Emster twice, once in the ocean And then again, when they brought her body into the lifeguard dock, basically the first time he saw her, he recalled that she was topless, swimming way farther out than any human usually does. And she was with a man who he thought to be in the military due to his haircut. I don't necessarily think this means that she wasn't murdered, but honestly, if anything, it just tells me that her murderer probably knew her. Like, if you were going to murder her and you knew that she frequented the beach naked, this would be a really good way to set it up and make it look like a tragic accident.
0: No, that's so true. Um, There is one more thing that I feel like is worth noting. The reason that Michelle switched jobs from the coffee shop to the paper supply store is because she thought she was being stalked. She didn't know the name of her stalker, but she did tell people that she knew he rode a motorcycle. Her boss, Denise, at the office supply store... Love Denise. ...has kept up with this case, like, this whole time, and in her office she keeps a folder on it. The folder contains a copy of... Voting magazine, the one with Neil Matthews' feature story in it titled Who Killed Michelle Von Elmster, and a photocopy of her autopsy report. The way that she got it was through an Ocean Beach local who had somehow, like, gotten his hands on a copy of it, and he would come in again and again to the shop and demand that duplicates of it be made. So Denise ended up keeping one for herself. Like I would too, yeah, girl. Like, <laughs> and so she kept one for herself. And on the last page of it, the person wrote "Blue Sharks Bull," and it's like in this big, shaky block lettering. So very weird and cryptic. What the heck? Um, and this what? man drove a motorcycle. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod. Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and be sure to check out our website. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in
1: next Thursday for another story. As <laughs> the damage would have severed her femoral artery, and she Moral. would have.
0: We talked about this. I know you thought that. No, did I say femoral? Femoral?
1: Femoral? It's femoral. Femoral. Someone.
0: (laughs) I can't. Should we add that in there?